Hello, adventurer, and welcome to the Skyrim Book Club, the on-the-go solution for the busy adventure in Tamriel's coldest, far-reaching province. Let us collect the literature and lore of this great province for you and put it into a portable package so that you never have to stop fighting dragons, picking flowers, or stealing from shopkeepers when they aren't looking. With an ever-increasing archive, SkyrimBookClub.ca has got the story for you. Until next time, enjoy the book. Chimes of Silver by Geem Shah, Singing Mouth of the Nakadesh Tribe, a recollection of Kothringi music. Many dryskins blame us for killing the Kothringi. They twist their faces and spit dry words like murder and conspiracy and witchcraft. Even now, long seasons later, people still believe the Saxalil conjured up the Kanakatan flu. I wish they could peel the hate from their eyes and look upriver to the days when I was a hatchling. Back then, the people of the Root and the Silver Skin tribes walked hand in hand, bound by mud, good food, and cheerful dancing. I have many memories of the Silver Skins. When I shut my mortal eyes, I can still smell Kusa's heel snail kebabs drawn fresh from a clay oven. I can hear the tin chimes sing as they jangle at Dassel's waist. I can feel old Haddock's root foam scrape down my throat and warm my belly. But what I remember most of all is the music, the shimmering songs without end. I miss those songs most of all. We Saxalil have a multitude of musical instruments, both simple and not so simple. The Kothringi, however, had many, many more. Indeed, my egg sister and I used to joke about how anything could be an instrument in the hand of a Kothringi. Their tree cutters turned hollow logs into Wamasu-sized drums. They plucked the sinew from cliff striders to make low-humming bowharps. The instruments they loved best, however, were their chimes. Unlike people of the root, Kothringi had no distaste for metal. While they rarely wore clothes, they did wear bits of metal on thin strands of rope that tinkled and jangled as they walked. Their metal tamer, Bela, would cast lumps of tin and copper into his great fire pit and draw them out hot, twisting and molding them with a stone mallet until they took the right shape. After the metal rods cooled, he would hang them from tree boughs and strike each in time to take the measure of its song. Bela made hundreds of these chimes, intent on taming every sound that metal could make. One warm night in Nushmiko, he summoned the tribes to his village for a feast. I do not know why they feasted, but we did not care. When the feasting was through, we all gathered around his great singing cypress and listened to his family play the chimes. Eight Kothringi, his wife, uncle, and five sons, leaped from root to branch like sure-footed tree frogs, tapping the chimes with their song sticks. The sound it made echoed in my chest like the gentle child of a thunderclap. Each of us felt our hearts burn bright as a torch, and many of the silver skins wept joyful tears. When dry skins say we killed the Kothringi, I think of that night in Nushmiko. Had they heard what I heard, and saw what I saw as a hatchling, they would know that no child of the Hist would destroy something so beautiful. 